You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast with host and Missouri Realtors President, John Mayfield. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Welcome to the podcast for Missouri Realtors. Thank you so much for joining. My name is John Mayfield. I'm your 2022 Missouri Realtors president. I am blessed and honored and very grateful to serve in this position. And and I'm really excited that I can do your monthly podcast. And I'm like over the moon that I get to interview a very good friend of mine, Mary Kutheis. She is from the St. Louis area. And Mary talks about, I, I, Mary, I don't know, should I say time management, but you really talk about how to help us manage our time, but maybe your book you've recently written, Making Minutes Matter, would be more of a better explanation. But Mary, thank you for joining us. I am so glad to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, and I love, I love your little subtitle of your book. And by the way, you can find Mary's book on Amazon or on her website. I'll let her tell us more about that later, but making minutes matter. And I wanted Mary to be on the podcast because first of all, we go back several years ago with, through the National Speakers Association, we were both members of the St. Louis chapter and and Mary uh, is just such a very kind and sweet person, but she really has some great information in coaching and helping people, uh, basically how to spend our time in a more productive way or being more content, I guess. is I, That's the subtitle I said I liked there. Your guide to being content with how you spend your time. So I guess my first question, Mary, why do you think so many people mess up with time, spending the time adequately or properly? And I know I fall in that category, but why do you think we we get this wrong? Well, one of the things I, I think is that we are not thinking in the present. We're thinking about what's past that we can't do much about, or we're thinking too far in the future. And that's making us either anxious or worried. And my idea when, um, or what the inspiration was for the being content with how we spend our time is so many times I talk to ambitious, driven business people who also want to have um, a personal life. They want to either be taking care of themselves or be involved with their family or be involved in their community. And when they're working, oftentimes they'll be thinking they're neglecting their family. And when they're with their family, they're thinking they're neglecting their work. And so it's it's a plan for making choices so that we aren't regretting the choice that we made in that moment. That when we're at work, we can be fully present at work and be know that we made the right decision for us. And when we're with our family or whatever the other personal thing outside of work might be, we can be completely there and not think, oh man, I should be, I should be doing more work here. That was the idea. That, that is so fascinating. And I find myself in that very situation so many times is that, and I'll give you an example. I remember years ago, and it's actually how I came up with my first published book idea was 
five minutes to a great real estate sales meeting, but I was at my daughter's Christmas concert and I was thinking about preparing for the sales meeting the next day. And I caught myself thinking, John, why aren't you focusing on in this present moment now, enjoying the time with your daughters and their school program? And here I was thinking about, you know, my real estate work. And and sometimes I I find myself in that. So I I think that's very interesting. Well, how do we how do we fix that? Or do you have a, I know if there was a quick magic fix, we would, it would be easy, but is it something we have to work at or what, what are your suggestions there? It, it definitely is something that we have to work at, but we can, and it's not as hard as one might think. I like to refer to it as building mental muscle. And that is being very clear about what we're thinking in any given moment. How many has it ever happened to you that there's something that you're a little bit worried about or you're concerned about that could be coming up and and you think about it and you find yourself, maybe you've thought about it a dozen times over two days or three days, or it's been on your mind for a week or it's something that's been procrastinated about for a month. I'm sure you never procrastinate for a month, but some of us do. And it's, and realizing that this thing that has been eating away at our brain, we've gotten wrapped around the spoke of it, and we're not even in control of how much we think about it. It, it is it has taken on a life of its own. If we could, in the moment that we realize, you know, this is, this is not going a helpful direction, me worrying about this, me putting this off, me um, being a, a fearing this or whatever it is, it is not helping me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to shift my thinking in this moment to something that's more productive, much like what you did in your daughter's performance. You thought you're in that moment, you kind of said, wait a minute, I need to be here. I don't, I don't need to be thinking about work. I need to be present. You caught yourself really quickly. If you had caught yourself later after afterwards or the next day and thought, wow, you know, I really didn't experience that. And I feel bad about that. That's what we're trying to prevent. Interesting. And and if we let it go on, then it's probably the next day we are spending more energy and effort thinking about how we just messed up the day before. So I guess exactly. And that would be moments when you could be thinking about how can I serve my client better? Because now you're at work. Right. And you're thinking about how can I use my time the most efficiently today and how can I delegate this or how can I, how can I serve this client? Uh, Whatever, whatever it might be, you're not doing the work thing because now your mind is, Oh shoot. I really, I really blew it yesterday. Very fascinating. Now, if we want to build mind muscle, do you recommend we plan our day out that morning, sometimes I hear people say, oh, you should plan your day the night before, but is write, physically writing what we need to be focused on that day going to help us build mind muscle or is, is there something else we should do? That's certainly one of the things and I, I, I highly recommend planning your day, not down to the minute because most of us have things that come up and we need to be flexible. Um, along with that, we also need to get some things, some, some, sometimes major things done, sometimes small things done. And if it's a major thing done, we need to do little pieces toward that. 
So planning is very important. And in terms of when people plan, I think it's important for someone to know when their mental energy is best. My mental energy at the end of the day is not good. So I plan in the morning. But some people, they really start firing on all cylinders in the afternoon Mm -hmm. or maybe even early evening or before they go to bed, whenever it is. Whenever it is that your, your mental muscle is the best, when you're sharpest, is a good time to spend a few minutes planning. Okay. Because, for instance, if you're a person who is... Uh, really raring to go in the afternoon, you might be a slow starter in the morning. Might want to have a couple cups of coffee. You might want to not have people talking to you. Might not want a whole lot of activity there. But if you plan the night before, then you don't have to think really hard about what it is you're going to do. You've already planned that when you were sharper. And you can also plan to not do your most difficult tasks when you know you're not going to be at your mental peak. Very interesting. Now, I started something, and I'm just curious your thoughts on this. When, we, when we're thinking about planning, of course, I use an Apple iPhone, and I have this uh, app that's built into Apple called Reminders, and uh, they're always kind of fine-tuning things. So they started creating li- where you can create lists in Reminders. And so I've created three lists. One is today, needs to be done today. I have a weekly list and I have a monthly list because as I think of things that come up that I need to spend time on working on, some of them, I don't necessarily have to get it done today, but boy, I really need to get it done this week. I put it on the weekly list. And then if it's like, well, you know, as long as I get it done sometime in the month of April, uh, I'll put it on the monthly list. Is, is that a problem I may be going down and I just started doing this, so I don't know, but I'm just trying to figure out, you know, because we do have so much stuff that wants to take up our time. I'll tell you what, I mean, to me, it's a perfect plan. And I actually have something very similar in my book because uh, we need to, to capture everything that we need to do one way or another, but we don't, need to do everything that we think of immediately. And in fact, Mm -hmm. that old saying about if it takes less than two minutes, go ahead and do it now. I completely disagree with that because you could be doing something that is more urgent in those two minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising how something that takes two minutes soon, it can be a half an hour later because you've done a bunch of two minute things that could have been done some other time that weren't as high when it wasn't as, as high a priority. So, I completely agree with that. Um, Having a today list, a short-term list, which is in the next week or two, and then a long-term list, which is anything outside that two weeks. Now, what those time frames are is a personal thing. Like you've got a day, a week, and a month. Perfect. The important thing is on that month one, even if it's not a month, even if it's an idea that you're not quite sure, or you can have a perhaps list that I'm not sure I want to do this, but it sounds like a great idea. I'm not ready to implement it. So I'm just going to jot it on my perhaps list Okay, so I I don't lose it. And then every once in a while, you can look at your perhaps list and say, is this something that needs to be bumped up to my month list or my week list or maybe my today list? Right. So capturing and getting it out of your head is the most important thing. And just one other thought there is some people are really good with electronic. Some people are better with paper or computer and then printing it out. 
I am the latter. It's very hard for me to track things on a computer. I like to have a I like to have a list. I'm really old school. So people need to go with what works best for them. That's a great point, and I totally agree. I love electronics, and in fact, I was just thinking I've created these reminders so that periodically throughout the day, the reminder pops up to remind me, look at that monthly list, because even though I put it on the monthly list, I don't want it to just sit there and never be addressed. I want to be reminded, hey, what's out there that that I need to work on? Well, very interesting. Now, so I, I kind of want to, you know, as we talk about time management, and most everyone listening is a real estate professional, and of course our business is built on leads. We're a commission-driven industry business, and a lot of these top producing agents I talk to, Mary, they they talk about the consistency of prospecting and you know getting back in touch with their past clients and customers, what we call our sphere of influence, how do you, what would you recommend is a good way for us to manage our time in that respect? Or, you know, are there, when you're coaching people, especially people who need to make certain numbers of calls or make sure they're doing certain activities each day, what do you recommend for those of us who need to stay focused on those important tasks? Well, I will say that there are some people who absolutely love that part of the business. They just love um, calling potential prospects and suspects, and they love um, re-engaging with people. And there are others who don't mind it, but it's not necessarily their favorite thing. Now, the people who love it and it's their favorite thing, they're probably not having trouble doing it because they enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. But the other people who really need to do it and don't hate it. I mean, if you hate it, it's probably not a good industry to be in. But if it's not your favorite thing and if if you kind of um, tend to do something else and then say, well, I'll make those calls this afternoon, then what's really important is to know how much time you need to be spending in order to generate the business that you want to generate. And that's that's not an easy math problem, but it's. How many people do you need to be reaching out to on a daily basis and how many meetings do you need to be having and how many um, uh, uh, contracts do you need to be potentially in consideration for all those kinds of things so that you know to make what I want to make, how many people do I need to be talking to and then how much time is it going to take me to do that? And that may be, for many people, something that is an appointment on your calendar that is only movable for an actual client. Okay. I mean, I understand in the real estate business, if you don't pick up the phone when you have an opportunity, somebody might just go to the next realtor. Right. And so you, you, if you to say, oh, well, I'm only going to answer my phone twice a day. That's not, as I understand it, that's not realistic in your industry. Right. <laughs> um, but, but it can be that Maybe you only can can for half an hour at a time, you can solely focus on making those outreach calls. But that can be an appointment on your calendar that is not movable for, you know, browsing email or getting organized or taking a training class or any of the other things that might happen because it's a higher priority than those things. And those other things are work. 
And that's where the trouble comes in because at least when we say to ourselves, well, I'm working, I'm not playing games and I'm not taking a long lunch, I'm working. But the thing is, we have to be working at the things that are actually driving results. Exactly. And last month on our podcast, if you have not listened to it, I encourage you to do so. It was Darren Kittleson, a friend of mine who's a coach. And and Darren said something, and I, I maybe am misquoting it, Mary, but I think it's exactly what you were saying. We don't want to confuse um, activity with productivity or, or the, in other words, sometimes we can say, man, I was really busy today, but were you busy doing the things that generate income that are going to show up profitably? Or were you just busy checking Facebook and, you know, yeah, doing all these yeah. other things? So, and I'll tell you that that brings up the point too about why it's so important to have a little bit of the separation in personal and professional. And and these days, I, I think it's not it's not really the eight to five and then is work and the rest is personal. I think there's a much more of a blend. Certainly in in real estate, there's been it's been that way for a long time where it's much more of a blend where you there might be snippets here and there, but if you can focus on your work when you're working. And on your personal life, when it's your personal life, then you're not feeling like you're jipping the other one. Right. So it's, it's, this is my work time and this is the thing I'm going to do because it's going to help drive the results. And when I am done with this, then I, maybe I can go to, instead of just calling um, a, a person that I used to be in contact with about real estate, we can go to lunch. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can do something that's a little bit more fun. But it's just keeping yourself in the game and being honest with oneself about what's really driving results and what's just, as you say, activity. Right. Yeah. Very, very good. I like that. I noticed in the book, you talk a lot about multitasking. And I have to be honest, (laughs) that's one of my downfalls. Talk to us a little bit about multitasking and the the good and the bad of multitasking if there is any good or well i I mean honestly there is no good and and here's but but here's the thing i think it's in part it's a definition that gets people in trouble multitasking is actually doing two things at once it is um being on a training call and or training program a webinar and answering email you're, you're not giving enough attention to either one of them for, I mean, you're, you're, what you're doing really fast is going back and forth really fast. You're going to, okay, pay attention to the email, but while you're paying into the paying attention to the email, even if it's 30 seconds, you're missing what's happening in the webinar. We really cannot do two things at one time. What we can do and what we must be able to do is manage multiple projects. When you think about it, uh, I would imagine that ideally realtors would have more than one client at one time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'd like to be in various different stages with various different clients. And it's not as though you can say, well, I'm going to take this one client from the first time they meet me to closing, and then I'll deal with something else. I mean, that's, there's no way anybody would ever make a living doing that. You have to be able to manage multiple clients at one time, but not at the same time. I mean, you're not, you're not going to be at a closing with one client while you're talking to another client about what they're looking for in a house. I mean, it's, it's, you could do this, you could do that in the same day perhaps, but they would be 
it, that's managing multiple projects as mm-hmm. opposed to multitasking. So even if you can only focus on something for 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes, it needs to be staying present in that moment with whatever that is and then move on to the next thing. Doing two things at once, computers can't even do it. Right. And, and that now, makes sense, yeah. I, I will say, and for people say, well, my kid listens to music and, and um, does their homework. And, and there has been a lot of studies on this. And my son was one of those people, too. What they learned was that that generation that was um, either music or uh, social media while they were studying, that part of their brain that allowed them to multitask actually got stronger. However, what got weaker was the ability to recall anything. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a price to pay. Okay. (laughs) Very interesting. We were talking yesterday, and I asked you the question, you know, what are you talking about a lot, or what's one of the hot issues regarding the whole time area? And you had mentioned to me, and I'm talking about recall, I'm trying to remember, but uh, the the uh, what was it you said that you're you're focusing more on today? Well, it's real. It's truly getting at the root of how we think. Okay. Yes. There we go. Yes. And and because when you think about it, every single thing that you do is rooted in how you think. The choices that you make, or the way that you approach something, or whether you do or you don't do something, it's all rooted in how we think. And I have an instrument that helps us understand very clearly how we think. It's an assessment that that says, okay, here's where um, these are your biases, your unhelpful ways of thinking, and here are your helpful ways of thinking. And what one tries to do when I talked before about being present, about how we're thinking in the moment, mm-hmm. when you recognize that you're thinking with a bias and you learn what those are and, and what triggers them and what it feels like when you're thinking that way, and generally it's going to be a bad feeling and you're going to be stressed or overwhelmed or angry or, or whatever it is, procrastinating. Uh, I'm you're thinking to myself, I'm using a bias right now. I need to tap into one of my assets. So it's getting at the root of how we think so that any other self-development, professional development we do is um, has the foundation of that understanding. And we all think differently. Right. Now, Tell me if I'm right or wrong. So let's say an agent who's not written a contract for a while and is having a difficult job, is that their thinking might be in that area of defeat or nothing's going yeah. right for me? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's what they're thinking in their own head that is getting in the way, of, particularly if they used to do it and they're not doing it now. What's, what's happened? What, what has changed in their thinking pattern that is preventing them from doing the thing that they know is not only going to be good for them, it's going to be good for the people that they serve. Yeah. That they believe makes, if, makes total and sense. hopefully, hopefully they believe they're a good real estate agent. If they don't believe that that's another thinking thing. Is there evidence of that? And so how do you help people change or move to get into the right type of thinking. Well, um, this is not um, this is not meant to be a, a pitch here, right? But, but and, and so I, I don't want it to be that. But it, it's literally a coaching and training um, program 
where people find out, okay, here are my thinking patterns and here are the steps to take to recognize that and to move into um, my more helpful thinking patterns. And because the thing is, we think in our unhelpful thinking patterns, our bias is 85% of the time, 85. Hmm. And we're still successful. We still have nice lives. We still serve people. We Things still go well. We And it's habitual that we use those. The other the balance, the 15%, is when we think with our assets. And we also do that habitually. All we need to do is recognize when we're using a bias and tap into one of the assets. It's not about fixing anything. No, There's nothing wrong. No one's right. broken. It's just deciding... I'm this, this, this thinking this way isn't helping me. I'm not writing contracts when I'm thinking this way. I'm not reaching out to my circle of influence. to my sphere of influence when I'm thinking this way, and that is not helping me. So what can I tap into? So I will think differently and do what I can do to do better. It makes perfect sense. And when you think differently, naturally you're going to have, uh, that's going to, you know, um, portray in our image it reminds me of the time that uh, and my theme this year Mary is it's your story so I want realtors to tell their story but I remember I'm going to tell a story here on myself and I went to lunch with a friend and he said to me he said how are you doing I said I'm doing okay and he said gosh that's not the John Mayfield I know and I looked at him a little funny he goes you, you know something's not going right. And I was really kind of in a, a, a deeper, darker spot. I mean, I wasn't selling a lot. And as commissioned-based sales agents, when we don't have a lot of deals in the pipeline, you know, you don't, you, you tend to beat yourself up and you, you, you question what's wrong. Why, why am I in this place that I'm at? And I can see now what you're, what you're saying is that uh, when we, when we think it's, it gets rooted in our thinking. And, and what I was trying to say through all of that is it shows to those around us when we're not thinking the right way. So I'm You're right. You're right. And, and I think if I would have run into you, I would have noticed it too, because I've always known you to just be, I mean, really kind of an effervescent, upbeat, <laughs> positive person. So I would have recognized it. And the thing for you that would have been great is I don't know how long you were feeling that way. But if you recognized, maybe it was a week or maybe it was two weeks or a month or I don't know, but if you recognized it sooner and go, wait, 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 when I think this way, mm -hmm. this is not a path I want to go down. The sooner you think that way, the sooner you can be in control of saying, let me just shift over here. Right. I don't need to fix that way of thinking. If I have, if I'm low on self-esteem or whatever, we don't need to fix that you're low on self-esteem that for that period of time, you or whoever. Or if it's procrastinating, you're not a procrastinator. It's that you're in a space where procrastinating is happening. So there's no fixing. It's just shift thinking to something that is already inside you, that you already do all the time. You just need to be conscious about choosing that way to think. Yeah, I love that. Very good. And, you know, that was a wake-up call for me, and it really has reminded me to try to be upbeat and positive. I, I remember my mother used to um, remind us about back in the 1980s when interest rates were 20% and unemployment was off the charts and people would say, how's real estate? And, and my mom always told us to say, unbelievable. 
you know, that could go either way, <laughs> you know, could oh, go, that's really yeah, good. So, but, uh, but, you know, having a good, having a good mindset and thinking, I think is so important. Well, I love that. Um, I know we kind of got off on some of this at the beginning, but toward the end of the, your book, you really get into list. I'd love for you to, you know, briefly re- talk about your, um, how your list and, and you talk about a venue change, which I thought's fascinating. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, well, and, and interesting, realtors might really be, this might be able to be a tough thing. I call it venue shift. Yes. And it's when we go from one place to another, like maybe going out to show a, a home and then get, coming back to the office. And what happens when we come back to the office is often kind of puttering around a little bit, trying to get acclimated to what we want to do next, what we need to do next. Or uh, I remember when I, I've been working from home for 22 years, but at the very beginning when I would go out to some kind of a meeting and I would come home, weirdly, the first thing I would do would be go to the kitchen, like open the fridge. Why? Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I mean, I didn't need to do that, but it was this, it was this routine that I got into that I, all I really needed to do was go back to my desk and start working, but it's preparing for that. It's recognizing that this happens and then saying, okay, when I come back from this, this is the thing I'm going to work on. So you don't have to think too hard about it. Yeah, I like that. And I've noticed that, that there is kind of this venue shift when you are one place or I just left an hour ago to drop my car off for the oil change and came back home. And I think I found myself just like, okay, how do I get back into the groove of my work here? So very interesting. It, it can really hit too, if you have that, and then you only have a short period of time between your next thing. So if you only have 15 minutes or half an hour, sometimes it can be really easy just to kind of fritter away that time, because you don't want to get involved in something too much. But we can use that time effectively with little tiny things. We can handwrite a note in a minute or two or all those kind of things. We just have to be set up to do that and have that to, to remember to do it. I, I like that. And that really segues into my last question I was going to ask you was, what about those days when we look at our calendar and it's just so full of stuff that we we don't even want to think about adding something on? But as you just mentioned, there is time to write a quick note or to pick up the phone maybe and call someone that we haven't spoke to for a while. And so just breaking it down, as you said, into little, little pieces of information that you can capitalize on. Sure. And I, it is important to, to listen to your body and your brain. And if you've got a day that is just jam packed full of stuff, I mean, maybe you're meeting with a new, a new client or there's a closing or there's, or there's a difficult inspection that's going on or something that's kind of just going to take a lot of your energy and mental energy. It's, it's, it's important to pay attention to that. And maybe you need 10 minutes to stare at the wall. That's okay. It's, it's just not doing it out of, um, not thinking about it because you don't know what else to do. But if you are, are truly that kind of stressed, it might be a good plan to sit quietly and focus on your breathing for a few minutes or sit quietly and have um, a cool drink or something, probably non-alcoholic that might yeah. <laughs> throw your, throw your day off. But, but that's important to pay attention to. We are not machines. Right. We have to manage our energy. That's one of my favorite books is, um, uh, 
um, the powerful engagement, which is about managing your energy more than managing your time. But hmm. that's a whole other story. Yeah. And, and you know, and I mentioned our last podcast with Darren, but Darren taught me a lot about, and we discussed that on the podcast, a lot about spending time in gratitude and meditation. And I have to tell you that even when I'm so busy, I still try to take 15 minutes and and I, I call it a gratitude nap, but just to get by myself and think about how fortunate and lucky I am, you know, and, and just spend that time in gratitude. And as you say, the breathing, but it really, to me, it just recharges uh, my whole mind. And, and I, I laugh about this. I always put my phone on do not disturb. And when I uncheck the do not disturb, there'll be a voice message of someone who wants to list their house or, oh my gosh. You know, or That's I've, wild. I've sold a real estate class or, you know, it's like all of these positive things come are drawn to me. And I really believe it's just, uh, taking that time to be grateful and thankful and, and um, so I, I know, as you say, that I am very big on that. And I think we do need to recharge our bodies and um, reflect on, uh, spend some time for ourselves. So, Do we, do we have just one minute? Absolutely. A tip, a tip on meditation? Yes. Because when I learned this, I just, I just it changed everything for me. And, and people freak out when you talk about medica- meditation, because we think, it means you have to clear your mind right? and who can do that. And so people are like, oh, I can't meditate. There's no way. It's just not for me. I just, whatever. And I get that. But here's the thing. When, when one is practicing meditation, the idea is to say, focus on your breath. So you sit there and you focus on your breath. The second that you realize you've, you've lost focus on your breath and now you're thinking about your next deal or you're thinking about what you have to do, you are successfully meditating. The idea is to be aware of your thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you, if in five minutes, 50 times you lose focus and then say, oh yeah, let me get back on my breath. You've successfully meditated 50 times. It's, it's not about clearing your mind. It's about being aware of where your thoughts are. Like I talked about before, if you're aware of your thoughts and you get skilled at it, you'll realize really soon when you're in that thought pattern that is going to um, keep you from, from making sales or doing the work that you need to do. Yeah. So that's the whole idea. And and that's why I call it building mental muscle. Cause when you call it meditation, people are like, ah, yeah, that's not, okay. it's too too hard. It's too, it's too, it's just, and it, 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 clearing your head, it is too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I thank you so much because that is great advice and that's very good. You know, the, these are the types of topics I want to bring to Missouri Realtor members because it, I mean, sometimes people think that we have this uh, luxurious job of selling houses. You know, they, they want to see the um, what's on TV, you know, the selling L.A. or New York. And, oh, yeah. But, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, you, I love what I do and I love working with people. It can be stressful. And sometimes I lay my head down on the pillow at night and think, oh, gosh, I should have done this and I should have done that. And I think you've just given us some great advice, Mary, on how we can um, really begin to 
Make Minutes Matter, which is the title of her book, Making Minutes Matter. Um, Mary, tell them, tell our audience how they can find your website, order the book, and and you know I appreciate you mentioning that because we ne- I'm never wanting to make people feel like they're listening to the podcast to buy things, but you do offer some coaching, and feel free to mention that. So, yeah, well, my website is mckcoaching.com. And when, if you go there, there's lots of free resources. There's tons of information. There's a, a portal to buy my book. I mean, there's all sorts of things like that. And I also have a, um, um, a weekly tip that I send out. It's called the minute shift or minute shift, however you want to, to say that. But okay. it's, I, I promise people it takes less than 60 seconds to read and I time it. So um, those go out weekly. And if, if people are interested in that, it's not as it's, you know, every once in a while I'll talk about something I'm selling in there, but mostly it's just information and tips that you can use to think better, to communicate better, to use your time more efficiently, those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, there's that too. All right. Thank you so much, Mary. We'll check her website out and, um, I appreciate you so much. We'll have a link also in our show notes so you can click on there as well. But Mary, thank you so much for your time today. This has been very helpful for me, and I know it has been for our members, but making minutes matter, uh, really something we, you know, and I, I love the fact that we need to build that mind muscle. We need to uh, be conscious of that and think about that, and I feel like I'm trying to get better at that, but I know I can always uh, improve, so thank you for your we're, tips. We're all practicing, right? I Thanks so much for having me. This has been a delight. All right. Thank you, Mary. Well, listen, I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. If this is an early April 2022 when you are listening, don't forget we have our spring business conference. It's the last week of April this month, Tuesday through Thursday. It's in Jefferson City. It's our capital conference. We've got some great speakers lined up. We're going to have our Robert Borgman RPAC auction we're going to make some visits to the Capitol. I hear the governor's even coming over to talk to us. So lots of great things to take place. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Tell others in your office. And as always, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>